The Koi Gig Pod. I wouldn't care if Megan Campbell didn't have hamstrings left. If yeah. she just stood on the sideline, she has to play. And subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode. Alan Quinlan is with us. It's 8.55 if you're watching us on OTBAM Live this morning or if you listen to the podcast a little bit later, you're very welcome. Now, Alan, uh, I'm reading a lot of positive things about Munster. It's, I've, I'm unused to watching people praise Munster in defeat. So, are we right to be doing that, given the injury profile that they had? Or, um, I, I do sometimes think, what would Roy Keane say in this situation? It's the exact same thing I was thinking all weekend myself. What would, what would he say? Um... Yeah, I think they're right, to, given the circumstance and where they're at. Um, I think they got a fair bit of flack in the first couple of weeks of the season, and very deservedly so. I think this um, the problem here is is the previous coach and staff. Um, I think what they've left behind, and that's slowly starting to trickle out regarding standards, fitness levels, culture... Um, I wouldn't say a lack of effort because you know no, there's 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 a lot of decent honest players have been there in the last number of years and they've they've kind of got near that final hurdle a lot, um, but I think the overall picture um, is kind of coming home to roost now. So there's no point in kind of having a go at the current group. But are you able to separate Graham Rowntree from all that? Yeah, because I know what I've I know some I know that the problems have been going on for a number of years. Um, I know that um, probably the alarming thing as well as as um, this isn't a personal attack on Johan Van Gran. Um, he was offered a new new contract last year. What, what where would we be? At least, I think this thing needed to stop. It needed to be dissected. And look, I said that a number of years ago. Again, I, I hate kind of repeating myself, but I end up repeating myself about that. Um, every regime, every organisation, every business should be continuously looked at how we're getting, how we're getting on, how we improve, what we, we need to do, what's the culture like, are the staff kind of dropping their standards a little bit? Do we need to have a night out? Do we need to train harder? Do we need to push more? All that kind of stuff. So that's common practice. Um, but when your neighbours up the road are continuously talking about culture um, the environment the drive the desire the standards and obviously producing the quality which is you know has been second to none for Leinster they have all the players they have and the systems they have and you know they've set a great standard you hear teams across Europe talking about them you hear the South African teams talking about them and that's the reality that's where they're at I think a club like Munster should be better um it should be looked at more. It should have been looked at more and maybe people took their eyes off the ball again. To be fair to the hierarchy in Munster, you know, R.G. Snyman, Damien Dialenda, Graham Roundtree, Stephen Larkham, there was excitement, you know, before that World Cup when they were announced. This was kind of the turning point. But the game is moving on and moving on all the time right across the board regarding your skills on the ground, your fitness levels, your ability to catch pass, all those things that we maybe take for granted, but really good quality coaching continues. And you saw what Joe Schmidt did with Ireland. Um, you know, if you give players detail 
and they demand detail and they, they should demand that detail all the time. The top internationals want to be coached. They mm. want to be challenged. And I think, obviously, I'm going off track a little bit here, but I think the reason there's no need to do, you know, completely slate this group is because it's a reality. Looking back, a lot of the problems were allowed to fester and get worse. Imagine if they'd kept the old regime. It's a good point that you raised that I'd kind of largely forgotten about. Like, they wanted to give him a new deal. He left us. Yeah, and look, I, I was... And, and I'm not I'm not being the one who's um, been sharp after the event here and saying, oh, yeah. Because at the time, I thought... We, 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 we were seeing certain kind of green shoots of the attack... The Claremont game stands out to me there in Europe where they, you know, they did brilliant away win in Europe and, and they threw caution to the wind a bit when they were way behind in the game and they came back and won it. You know, we haven't seen enough of that. The attack hasn't been good enough. The basic skills. And if you look back in the last number of years, we've seen so much box kicking, one-out runners, uh, bland rugby that does not win you games when you get to quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. You have to attack. So if you give a number of years training players not to attack, like being brave and seeing what's in front of them, playing what's in front of them. So there's a lot of that stuff that's gone on. There's a lot of players who haven't been good enough that have been playing, um, need to prove themselves. There's been a lot of two and three year contracts given to people that needs to be questioned and looked at. Um, I've said this many times as well. In my when I got into my thirties, it was a lot of my last three years were one year contracts. What happens with Gerald when you get a one year contract? You play your eyes out. Well, if you get a two year contract, so not you don't make this decision consciously that well that's grand now and cosy. You feel that way. But sometimes you can drop a little bit and say, well, I'm not going in the extra 10 or 15 minutes or the half an hour earlier. You know, I'm OK here and six months now the contract's up. i got to start really kind of being conscious. Now, it can happen anybody. So um, what we saw on Saturday night was minimum requirement when you put on a Munster jersey, in my opinion, heart, fight, passion. I saw, and I think anybody who's a rugby person saw you know, the quality and the difference in the subs that were coming on. When you look at Porter, Conan coming on for Leinster, it's phenomenal. We know that. So that's the reality. The players who started, the injuries they have. Leinster have had in, have injuries as well, but they can cope. But it's the other thing, though. It's layering on top of that. Did you see a game plan and an attacking intent yes, and yeah. a desire not to just yeah. play? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, I think... Joey Carberry going half was it kind of disrupted things a little bit because um, I thought he's been he was really good against the Bulls and he was really good the other night under massive pressure. Yeah, at times he was getting the ball. It was a wall of Leinster players coming at him because you know they weren't um, they were able to do that. I think look with respect to the two centres, they haven't played together. They haven't played at a higher level together. You're coming up against Henshaw and Ringrose. Henshaw's just Ringrose is just picking gaps siding through players you know Munster don't have Fekitoa they don't have Chris Farrell they don't have Anton Frisch they're three really good players and there's a lot of positive talk and uh, about Frisch and what he can bring Chris Farrell we don't know when we'll see him again you know so you're you're really down to the bare bones and same in the back three players so it what's it's what separate players and I know they had injuries as well James Lowe and Hugo Keenan 
and you know Gibson Park and there's probably a load of more that Josh van der Fleer wasn't there Kelleher you can name loads of Leinster players but they have the depth but Munster showed some glimpses the other night of what they're trying to do and what was most pleasing for me is they didn't fold um, from the week before and not just didn't fold it wasn't this oh keep the ball tight they actually tried to play a bit so I, I can say the culture is changing at, well at, 20, at 22 <coughs> 13 Jer, Munster are attacking and, and it's 73 74 minutes they're the ones that are kind of trying incredible defence and Leinster it's very hard to break them down so they make a mistake turn the ball over they go up the field piece of brilliance from, from ring rows with the offload out of the tackle and they score to stretch it out to 27 13 did Leinster butcher chances? Yes. Should they have scored more? Yes. But Munster kind of defended and made it really difficult at times for him. So um, there is positives to take out of it. Thomas Ahern, John Hodnett, I think Jack Crowley. We're starting to see the real Jack Crowley, what he's capable of. I love the fact that at times he, he'd Leinster people in front of him, even coming from full, coming from fullback, that he can step. He'd find a little bit of space. He's a brilliant ball player. Um and you can see that the emerging Ireland stuff has done him the world of good. He's a big, strong, physical guy as well. So I think he's he's a real positive. But they are down to the bare bones and they've got more injuries again. We're waiting for news on, on Carberry. Um, we don't know. Is there any... No, I don't know. And I think they probably won't really know the full extent of it um, until until Monday. He didn't look like he was going off holding his arm or was dislocated or it looked like more of a bang or a knock or fingers crossed it's a stinger. Yeah, hopefully hopefully it's okay for him. But um he's he wouldn't be available next week anyway because all the internationals are gone, but it's more for I suppose for the November internationals. But um it was a strange atmosphere there on Saturday because even meeting Leinster people they were they were kinda of half nervous about what pity, would they give pity, me a bit buddy. of slagging. Yeah, and look, that is sad, Nathan, that it's gone to that. And but that is our reality, as I said. This is ten games months have won one of these now in the last ten. So the you know, in the in the league the last time they won was two thousand eighteen. So um if we had this kind of slowing the game down, box kicking stuff on Saturday night, that would have infuriated me and the Munster fans, but when you talk about those young players, um, Adogbo, Ruan Quinn is 19 years of age coming off the bench. That gives us gives you hope. Yeah, okay. Plus, and I, I say this again, plus the game. Yeah, so game most, most important is that the culture is changing and those young players all seem like they're but, capable of influencing But they still have issues. Way. They need to get people in the front row and, and more depth across the board. Yeah, okay. Uh, question from Mark Dunning very early on in the show this morning, so hopefully you're still watching. Hi all, what did you make of the positioning of Frawley for Leinster on Saturday? Do you think it's a hint that Farrell is thinking of matching the box 6-2 split on the bench with Frawley covering the back line? Could well be. Um, I don't know if um, it's 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 some it, it's not the policy of Ireland to do that, is it? Um, but I thought Frawley played really well, and every time I see him, I think he's an intelligent footballer. He runs brilliant lines, um, and I think he's the one that maybe could slip in as as if Carberry was out. Now he could be in it as as your replacement ten. Um, which wouldn't be a big surprise, but he's a really, really good player. Um, really intelligent the way he runs, and he's that kicking option as well. Um, I don't know if that'll happen. I don't think Andy Farrell will do that. Is it worth experimenting with that just to see what happens? Like, you know, we never do it. Maybe in a World Cup, you might need to do it once. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it may November be. It may be. And if you put a. Um, it's kind of like sometimes I make it. I think about the decision of playing. Um, 
doing the 6-2 split is if, if you have this incredibly two dynamic back row players you're picking your second row obviously right yeah. and then you have these two guys that you go Jesus I, I don't know which one of them to pick uh, they both if you unleash the two of them straight onto the field at one time they would make a difference like Conan and O'Mahony Conan yeah. and Flair yeah yeah but yeah yeah Exactly. Even in Timoney or something like that, just to come on and be really abrasive, you know. Yeah. And he's played really well for for um, for for Ulster as well. So um, yeah, it's may, it may be something that they would look at doing. You got to experiment now, right? For like, I don't think it's something you have to practice. So do you know what I mean? I think it's, it's something nice you can do. Most is it? Yeah, but like obviously you would put. Let's see what our bomb squad is like versus their bomb squad. Yeah, well, their <clears> bomb squad is fairly big, yeah, isn't yeah. this? You know. Maybe you don't bring your bomb squad to the bomb squad. A knife to a gunfight. Ryan Baird as well as someone, you yeah, know, yeah. back row. If Byrne, if Henderson started, you know, if you brought in another second row, would you put Tygburn there as well? So there's, there's a couple of options there. Baird could be your second row sub if Tygburn is in the back row and then you could still have yeah. three in the back row. I don't know. So you don't you don't think six two splits a, a thing for Ireland? No, I don't think it's a it would be a policy as regards, but I think it's certainly something that um, you know obviously wouldn't it, it it's something that maybe they they could look at and do. Depends if if they have a lot of players available, and it will come down to that kind of split decision that you're you're kind of thinking who will who will I leave out here, and then you go well. Um, for all you've been able to slot in a full back again underlines the difference for the individuals in the two teams, like and the sort of systemic culture issues in Munster that like Carberry still it almost feels like a referendum every time he plays on his future and his positioning whereas Frawley can just go into a game like that slot in a full back you know he's got all these incredibly talented gifted players around him and can perform but to that, his best that's, that, that's the advantage isn't it when you have you just said it all these gifted talented players around him um, I've always said this when I played with Munster if, if you're bringing in a young fella and you're you're you, you want to try and play him with 12 or 13 of the starters and then make him really feel, God, not overall, but this is, we're here to look after him and protect him and stuff like that. Sometimes when Carberry's at fullback, it's kind of needs must. We saw that um, a couple of weeks ago. It's it's because you're, you've no back three players. Your forwards are under pressure. You're not really sure where your strength is, where you're going to dominate in the game. You know, Frawley can sit back there and it, he had a pretty, I wouldn't say a difficult time on Saturday night. He had a lot of time. Even at one stage, the counter-attack from Leinster, I was like, oh, Jesus, they're going to go straight through Munster here because Munster were out on their feet at one stage in the first half from defending. Then they're trying to get a kick-chase line and it's just all fractured and it's really difficult to put any pressure on the back three. So, um, obviously, the internationals would be different and you're going to be tested more, but I think he has that ability and I think Andy Farrell might catch... Um, they believe he's he's someone can slot in to a couple of different positions there and do really well for him. The November internationals are going to be genuinely interesting to see what impact the injuries have on who they go for next. Like, Matt Hansen was sensational for Connacht just recently, so you'd say he'll come back into the team given the injuries they have in the back three. But after that, is there room for experimentation? How much experimentation is there? Do they try the, the, the world-class centre partnership that Leinster had? I mean, when they play together like that, you're like, well, you can't really drop them. But at the same time... Then, you know, you have to take take it. They, they'll be judged when they play for Ireland, do you know what I mean? Against South I, Africa, I think yeah. Stuart McCluskey is someone that, that, 
you know, has I just think the last kind of twelve to fourteen months he's been really, really consistently good. He looks fitter, he looks sharper. And do you bring him for a World Cup where there's games? Well, there's no Bundyaki now for for the first couple of games in November, so. Yeah. You know, if Does it not feed into that problem that he's going to play Henshaw and Ringrose against South Africa and Australia, and then McCluskey will come in for the Fiji game, but he's going he to be playing really with the other backup centre will be Johnny Sexton. I'd be leaning that way of, but then the problem is the South African game is they're coming together as a group. I know a lot of the Leinster players play, but it's you're trying to organise different calls, different systems again, whereas. I think maybe the Australia game is an opportunity to do something like that. But although against South Africa, you're having that physicality and yeah. stuff. Can, and we, it's not can, a we, worry. can we try Ringrose on the wing? Like, <clears throat> we've been talking about this, I'd say, for four years. Let's just try him on the wing. He could be. He the, could play there, no problem. But um, he, he could also be like an absolutely world class winger. And then you can get another centre. Aki, even Henshaw, and Ringrose on the field all at once, which. Um, yeah, or really, for all really work, yeah. You can stick Frawley in at 12. In as a 12 as well. You know, you suddenly, then it's like really, because there's been bits and games where he's popped up on the wing and I don't know if it's um, Leinster just saying, okay, or if it's just kind of as the, the game flows, but like he's got game smarts that are off the charts. So like... It'd be brilliant to get to a position where if there was four or five changes in the Irish team that you go, and that's the idea of it, isn't it? That you go... It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm not really bothered. That's a really good team on paper and I'm comfortable with yeah. that. Um, and that's probably the key now in this period and probably through the Six Nations. I think Balakun coming into the team could do that for you in the back three. Um, McCluskey, hopefully, yeah. can do that. Um, Craig Casey, if Gibson Park doesn't play, you know, will he come in and start? And is he matured and developed after yeah. New Zealand as well? So... Um, yeah, there's definitely that. That's what you want. You want to try and get those four or five players. If South Africa make three or four changes, maybe two in their backfield and one or two forwards, we kind of go, "Jesus, that's still a very strong side." And yeah. these guys have played because Neenambar rotates a fair bit, you know, throughout the rugby championship did, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I think that we probably like need a little bit of that, possibly. Um, I know there's a drive to win these internationals every time. I think the Six Nations, people often ask for change in Six Nations. We only see it in the Italian match. The other games are incredibly important. Well, uh, yeah, there are, the money they make from the Six Nations prize money is, it turns out, very important to the IRFU. And they what I suspect will happen here is the strongest team will be picked against South Africa. Then there'll be obviously a lot of changes because there's the A game the day before and, you know, the Irish management are coaching them as well. There's not a different set of coaches. So on the Friday night before South Africa, Andy Farrell, Paul O'Connell, Easterby, um, all the other coaches, John Fogarty, they're going. My cat, they're going. They're coaching this A team as well. So it's going to be kind of a busy week for them, getting them right. They play against New Zealand, um, and I think that's a great fixture that A game. It's a great fixture the night before. It's having guys in camp, having the buzz of that game at the weekend against a strong pretty strong New Zealand team they're in the so. same Ireland extended Ireland yeah, camp and yeah. so it'll be a massive camp is that how yeah, that works yeah okay. exactly and that's largely going to be the same emerging Ireland or is it a mix no it'll be it'll be a mix obviously guys off the bench it'll probably be 20 the first 20 four, five, six players maybe there'll be one or two held back and it, it'll be the rest will be playing in that A game but you would think there'll be some guys there have have a lot to gain by playing playing in that that side and, and certainly longer term the possibilities yeah yeah, yeah. 
Uh, okay, was there anything from Leinster's performance that you're thinking uh, a little bit more efficiency there, lads? Uh, you know, obviously taking the Munster hat off from Leinster's perspective, they cross the line in the first 44 seconds, but don't get don't get the try, and you're like, oh, this is going to be one way traffic here. But I think then- when they analyse the game, Jer, I think they will look at. Uh, a couple of times they didn't put tr- the ball through the hands and they could have scored um, there was definitely two or three opportunities there and look that everybody can go back and look at that if they want I think they'll be frustrated and I think if they start pulling away a little bit there it could get a little bit ugly um, but the f- the scramble defence and the effort from Munster they kind of created that situation it had a sense that even though Munster were stretched and they were getting line breaks at times that Munster were going to get back and um, dismantle them but when they look back on it and their own, as regards their own standards they need to be better if they want to you know when it comes to the business end of it because you're going to get that against the South African teams you, if if they match you physically um, so I thought that a lot of what they did and maybe Leinster getting a bit of criticism here, a lot of what they did was really good um, and they still won yeah, they still won comfortably in the end. But in that period, I think Leo Cullen even said it himself, when you're getting into the kind of 72nd, 3rd, 4th minute and Lent Munster are the ones attacking and there's only 8 points in it, is it, is it 8 or 9 points? Um, it's not ideal because, okay. you know, when you're so supposed to win, you want to win well, yeah. don't you? That, that feel good. So they got the bonus points, but... I think they need to be better as well. Okay, Quinny, good stuff. Thanks, man. Cheers, thanks. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.